like book club meets letterbox meets greatest hits meets happy hour but all about tv every week three friends make and debate the case if a show is truly essential viewing listen for the hot takes and stay for the camaraderie i'm gina i'm mallory i'm ezra and this is the essentials this week we're talking about bbc3 and hulu's normal people What did you think of the first three episodes of Normal People? Having read the book, I thought it was a really faithful adaptation. I noticed that um, each episode kind of explores like 50 to 60 page intervals. So I was able to actually reread the book as I was watching the show, which was really fun. And um, one of my favorite things is just seeing how they take the dialogue directly from the book, which is great because Sally Rooney's Sally Rooney's dialogue is is phenomenal. Yeah, I heard that she doesn't do quotation marks for like spoken dialogue. Is that she true? She does not. And her books were actually the first books I read where I noticed that and it was such a big deal because I was so confused. <laughs> I bet. I had to reread certain passages because I was like, what's this? dialogue or was this like actually written text so it was just really hard to um for me at least in the beginning to differentiate between the two yeah no that's good context because like i haven't read any of sally rooney's books and i was just kind of like watching blind as i do any drama lured in by the sex and stayed for the story (laughs) it's really interesting because i think i'm one of the (sighs) I don't want to say few because I know she has a lot of fans, especially in Brooklyn or maybe in America, but mostly (laughs) in Brooklyn. Um, (laughs) I actually liked conversations with friends a lot more and I'm hoping they turn it into a movie instead of a TV series. But that said, Normal People was pretty great. Yeah, like I said before, I thought that the first three episodes were like a beautiful suite because you get like the introduction to these characters. It made me like feel like I was in high school again with the popular kids and the like, the not cool kids. I definitely fall in the like not cool kid category. So I really connected with Marianne. And then just immediately going into like the secret romance, like she had balls to do that. Like that was my takeaway from her just being like, kiss me. not have done that in high school (laughs) it's it was really interesting to watch her because I like looking at her on the screen I was like she's very like rebellious and people think she's ugly but we know she's gonna go to college and blossom and that's exactly what happens later on and it's just so funny to see that and I I just loved how those first three episodes didn't take us to the blossoming like I knew just because, like, I assumed that, like, the tables were going to turn and she was going to, like, become quote-unquote hot. But I just really loved how it ended with him just feeling horrible and his mom taking her side was the best thing ever. I love, and it's in the book, too, that line where she's like, you don't deserve her. And I was just like, oof, (sighs) mother. Yeah. For her. And... it's it's interesting that she speaks that way because she's actually um so in the book you learn that she had him very young like she was a teenager when she had him 
So I think they did a great job casting her and seeing her on screen. Those lines just feel a lot more like they go with that character, which is really great. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I kind of got that when she, she was like talking about the mistakes that she made as a teenager. And she's when she say, she's like, the biggest mistake I made was you. Don't I know it? It's like, wow. <laughs> Harsh. Yeah. What do you think, Gina? I thought it was good. I am always sort of like a little bit wary of shows that kind of uh, arrive with so much hype, um, especially having sort of like witnessed and seen uh, the the sort of summer of Sally Rooney that was last summer. Um, and so, I, I, like just going in, I it, like the the bar was sort of set really really high of like what to expect from this show, and and, and also because the two of you raved about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I liked it. I liked it. I wasn't sort of like blown away or like sucked in per se, I think. Uh, And and I think that just like might have to do with like my specific like personal taste. Um, I watched the three episodes as required. uh, And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then I did get, I think like one or like an episode and a half into sort of like the, um, latter part uh, or or at least like the second part of the season yeah where where they've they've gone to college and it it was really um like it, it did feel very high school and very sort of accurate to sort of like how um overwhelming certain things seem to seem at uh when yeah. you're that age yeah. and sort of like how intensely you feel things um I did kind of like like how how we had sort of like a mini Cinderella moment or or sort of like a hint at her eventual glow up when they (laughs) decide to go go to the club and everybody's sort of shocked and taken aback at like her whole transformation yeah and um it's kind of funny because I feel like they were sort of like trying really hard to like emphasize like oh she's ugly um in in their teasing but it, it was like, like, if you really believe that, and, and obviously, like, they didn't, like, they, they uh, were saying that to be dicks, but, like, yeah, there, there are some people that, like, like, you have to try really, really hard to, like, uglify, and uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, the, the actress who plays Marianne, like, they, like, like, she looks perfect. I know, <laughs> it looked great, it's like, why, why do you think she's ugly, and then when he called her, like, flat-chested oh that stung because I I was very flat-chested in high school TMI maybe telling the world (laughs) I feel like that's such a like Ireland England way of insulting like flat-chested yeah it still sounds very like oh formal like (laughs) flat-chested not as vulgar as we would maybe say here oh yeah (laughs) yeah the insults were very like proper (laughs) <laughs> the accents are like one of the best parts i'm lulled in by any uh accent from the british isles okay i i loved subtitles way before parasite and this show just proves why i need them especially with irish and british dramas i don't understand what they're saying <laughs> but i was just like i need the subtitles always because the words just kind of like flow together 
Yeah, it's a beautiful accent. Uh, I I did also just like the way that they filmed uh, the the show and sort of it it has this almost like ethereal sort of timeless-ish kind of feel where um, it's, it makes Ireland seem like the most magical place on earth. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm sad that like travel is very much sort of like not happening this year. Um, and then it also kind of uh, reminded me a little bit of um, Never Let Me Go, both, both sort of like the book and the, um, the book and the film in terms of just sort of like um, being young and having like really, really intense feelings that sometimes like overwhelm you. And then sometimes yeah. you make questionable decisions based off of those feelings. Have you ever seen Like Crazy? It's a movie that came out in 2011 with uh, Felicity Jones of Rogue One fame. It was her first film actually. And Jennifer Lawrence is in it. Lawrence. And isn't the late Anton Yelchin in it too? Yeah. Like this show reminded me so much of that movie because it's basically a very similar premise. These two like star-crossed lovers meet in college in London. She's British, but he's American. And the whole movie like spans like their romance across two continents because she tries to stay in America with him overstays her visa and then the entire movie is just how are they going to like overcome that and feel the love that they felt for each other like so many years ago when all these crazy turbulent things are happening in their lives and that movie and this show just uh perfect parallels for me it uh it's interesting because i in between each episode, I've been watching like different movies from the Criterion collection and I watched Cold War a few nights ago and I saw a lot of like similarities between the two. They're obviously very different works, but that film also explores like this, like a relationship over the span of like several years and it's very like moody. It's just black and white. So it was really cool to see like this TV show that's very saturated and dreamy and then cold war that's very like black and white it was just i loved it i um i love stories about sad white couples (laughs) suffering but everyone who knows me knows that's my taste like i love revolutionary road i love never let me go so good yes i this was perfect for me because i love just depressing love stories same Ezra same but to your point Gina about travel I actually went to Dublin uh, around the same time of the his like the timeline of this show or book I went to Dublin in 2009 so I guess during the like downturn uh that this book takes place in but they captured it so beautifully like I remember walking around Trinity College and going to the library and being in the fields it was just so magical and I just kept having so many like memories of that time because I I was also like the same age uh that like the characters were I was 20 21 when I went to Dublin just like drinking at Temple Bar and oh I want to be in Dublin right now and they don't just go to Dublin later they go to Italy like the show travels a lot and it's really great to watch I've never been to Italy, but I'd imagine it looks just like it did on the screen. (laughs) They did a great job bringing the cities to life, too. 
the abuse, the clear abuse that she takes from her brother. Yeah. Um, but I think the screen captured that better, especially because you can visualize the mother's just non-participation. Like she doesn't take any action and there's clearly something wrong with these two siblings. Yeah. I'm having read the book, I still struggle like trying to figure out what the deal is there. Like he's just an awful person. I mean, I the vibe that I got is that like maybe he saw like what the dad did because it's implied that the dad was abusive. And it just very like is apparent to me and the mom is battered because she just like freezes up. Yeah, I think um in in one of the episodes that I watched, um Marianne does admit to Connell that her father had beat her mother. And so I looking at their family dynamics, that was also what I sort of inferred from the brother that like he learned some very bad habits. Yeah. yeah. It's also there's like a later episode later in the season that was just so hard for me to watch. I think you know which one I'm talking about, Ezra. In yeah. another country, uh, we'll just leave it at that. It's a heartbreaking scene in the book, too. Oh, gosh. Like, ooh. My yeah. heart was racing reading it, and I was like, ooh, a book did that. Ooh. Yeah. Like, I watched that by myself at, like, probably 11 p.m., <laughs> just on the couch in darkness, just sobbing. Uh, it gets yeah. real. He's just such an asshole. Yeah. Like, and she just, she's just this quiet person who just takes it. And it's so heartbreaking to watch. No. Also, he's kind of like, just a dick. Like, he doesn't look that tough. No. He wears, like, like, gay crew shirts. Yeah. Like, slicked blonde hair. Ugh, I hate him. And then I was talking about the other scene too in the winter when she's like in this relationship that she just puts herself in because she doesn't want to feel anymore. The photographer. Yeah. That God, that was such a hard thing to read in the book too. Um I am a little disappointed that they didn't explore that more. Mm-hmm like her other relationships like they go over the course of like two to three episodes and this one just kind of didn't it was like a bottle episode almost yeah i kind of wish at least for like another half of another episode because it's very important to her growth as a character Mm -hmm. but hey at least at the end of that episode we got one of the most beautiful shots in the series which is just this like cotton candy winter sky sweden And they play the credits over it, which I thought was brilliant. I love how, like, oh, Gina, I just wanted to get there. (laughs) See, see, like, everything you guys, like, just described, except for that, like, last beautiful scenic shot, like, I was thinking, okay, like, I kind of, like, am taking back, like, my my previous statement that I'm looking forward to watching more, because to (laughs) to know that, like, her brother, like, continues to be an ass, and then she, like, continues to make, like, very poor decisions in potential, in romantic partners, it's like, okay, like... Uh, like do I do I like do I want to watch through that because I think like also like unlike the two of you like 
white people dramas, like sat really sad, really like intensely personal white people drama does not, you know, get me going that much. Um, I guess, is there an HEA at the end that I can look forward to a happily ever after? Well, it's, it's kind of like an open-ended situation in the very, in the very same way that if you see like crazy, it also is like, an open-ended situation like they could be happy but we don't know oh god um it does get more depressing as the show goes on i will say that yeah and like we haven't talked much about connell but he i think that connell grows so much yeah like this entire series like you don't really like him i didn't personally like him at the end of like the three episodes like i just thought that he was classic tool like, I felt so, like, upset because I had, like, experienced situations like that with guys in high school who, like, around their friends, they're a different person. And then when you're with them alone, it's, like, a whole other story. So I was just like, I hate this guy. He's horrible. But he grows so much. And I think Connell's one of the best, like, things about this show, about the book. I haven't read the book, but I assume that he's also good in the book it's the watching the show is like reading the book they did a really great job like the two complement each other really well oh man i think i have to read the book now i highly recommend it it's in paperback now (laughs) (laughs) probably is soon to be re-released with a new cover with with uh the the stars from the show slapped in front Obviously, don't get that one. I do like tie-in editions. They're the worst. <laughs> I just want like his chain, like the Instagram account, which is a blessing to us all. I love that it's just a single chain. I know. Apparently, apparently, it has a lot to do with like Irish Catholicism. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I was but, I was wondering like why why would a guy wear that? Because it just seems so very unusual to me at least like according to like american fashion but but yeah yeah, i could see the catholic ties apparently like sale of chains like that is up like 200 percent at like e like uh popular e-retailers like asos and um, oh my god a porte (laughs) are they calling it the connell chain pretty much (laughs) i mean it looks good on him and that was, I like read an article on the cut. <laughs> Literally the headline was watch normal people alone with a vibrator. <laughs> and I mean, the first three episodes had some really good moments. I think it's like the most beautiful sex scenes I've ever seen on TV. And I'm a fan of Outlander, as you guys both know. It was just real and like, very raw and the camera work the way it was like shot it just and there was like an awkwardness to it but it was just i don't know beautiful watching it i'm i sat there thinking this is the kind of sex that probably lasts like two minutes to five minutes like it looks like actual real life sex that two people participate in yeah Whereas in Outlander, and I love Outlander, it's like, it's very cinematic. 
There's like these poses and yeah, and then just these, like, the curves of their bodies. This one was just like up close and messy. I always love watching sex scenes <laughs> because I just love comparing the ones that I've seen in different like movies and TV shows. No, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. About <laughs> Naturally, my boyfriend walks in as the sex scenes are happening and he just. <laughs> he proceeds to tell me that it is the weirdest porn that I've ever watched. And I'm like, I can't help it. You come in at this time. (laughs) What are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching a really amazing drama. Uh... (laughs) This is what I get for watching foreign films in the European category. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Lots of kinky scenes. Yeah. It's very of the moment we're all kind of trapped at home right now. And this show is kind of like voyeuristic in a way because like, I just want to be in Ireland right now. Like, 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, a temple bar. In crisis. Yeah, <laughs> one economic crisis to another. Uh, sort of like speaking to what we were saying about like white people dramas. Um, uh, in the first episode where they talk about um, like how easily Connell blushes, it really struck me um, like from that moment on, like just like how many close-ups they were, but then also like how well done those close-ups were, like not only mm-hmm. with like the framing, but also sort of like the um, choices as to like when they decided to do their close-ups and then the acting that was done like at such close range. Um, I think like a lot of people when they think of close-ups in uh, film or TV, um, like think of Tom Hooper, like that, that's for me like certainly like who I think of first. And I think like uh, with sort of like the way that Tom Hooper utilizes his close-ups um to an excess um i've developed an association over the years of like if if we're having too many close-ups like you're you're just like not doing a good job you're just trying you're just leaning too hard on on this kind of framing device um but then i feel like i have never quite seen close-ups used the same way that i think it's lenny abramson the director of of these first three episodes chooses to use as close-ups and so I feel like there's um such interiority that is conveyed um and and I guess like that that is like one of the benefits of like if if you happen to be like very particularly pale like (laughs) your reactions (laughs) they they come through very strikingly and and like Connell's like full face flushes in in sort of like um sort of his his uh discomfort at times like that that was well done acting and and well done directing (laughs) going back to like the sex scenes and given what's been happening in the world with like the me too movement Mm -hmm. i really like that um i believe her name is ida o'brien she was the um coordinator and i think it's really great to see something like that now and how we'll continue to see it moving forward in tv shows that explore obviously like a lot of sex and love and relationships and it's it's wild to see she's getting so much press for her work too because it's just 
it just feels like such a big deal because I've, have we, have they done any reporting on like Outlander? I don't know who or if anyone coordinates the sex scenes in that. Yeah, I think they do, but I haven't read any reporting. I just know that they typically shoot the like very sex heavy scenes with female directors. So that way it's just not like tits and ass all the time, which is why you see a lot of Jamie more so than you would see in like Game of Thrones. You don't really see male buttocks and glimpses of genitalia as much as you do in Outlander. Or even in normal people, I I saw a lot of everything. There was like yeah. and it felt very even. Like it wasn't just focusing on like the woman or the man. It was two people. It takes two people to to have sex and I feel like they highlighted that very well. Even the first sex scene between them when she kind of like nudges Connell to take his shirt off. I think it helps that she was a dancer, an actor, and she was also a movement director for like over 10 years. So she knows the best practice for intimate scenes. But they looked very like natural and very comfortable with one another. I can't, we, we obviously can't speak for the actors, but from what I could tell, they looked very comfortable. Yeah. And that's, it's very, very cool to see that because it's so important to make sure the actors feel just as comfortable and safe. I cool. hope it's eloquent. Yes. And <laughs> you brought up a good point. <laughs> More sex coordinators. Yes. Intimacy coordinators. Yeah. <laughs> They are becoming uh, standardized now throughout the industry. So that's... Do you guys watch High Maintenance at all? I haven't caught up on the last like season and a half, but I, I hear like the most recent episode was extraordinary. Yeah, like there was an episode about like a sex coordinator or intimacy oh. coordinator. And it was just like really interesting to like see her world and behind the scenes. If you've ever seen high maintenance, like everyone uses marijuana in some way to cope and and she uses it to get through her day because she's literally just like telling men, okay, that's too far. And like, (laughs) you're comfortable. Okay. Like, it's okay. Don't cry. It's all right. Like, is he trying to hurt you? (laughs) Just really interesting to see that world and that we now have these like roles like on sets and I, I'm kind of shocked that these roles never existed before. Yeah, I think um I don't think they were the first show to do it, but I feel like they were the first show that very prominently um had a lot of press about um why they did it and, and why they hired somebody to do it, but the deuce on HBO with yeah. uh, Maggie yeah. Joan Hall. Um, and it, this was also after reports, um, from the first season that James Franco had sort of maybe crossed the line, um, with, with some of the actresses. And so from the second season, and I think it it ran for three or four seasons, but I think like that a show that was like so centered around sex and then decided to, um, sort of pave the way in the industry for, approaching sex uh on screen and off screen like with more consideration uh was kind of very fitting and very interesting yeah and it's like interesting because that show came out like i think a year or two before like me too and i do remember 
hearing about like the James Franco allegations and just being kind of like, what's going on with James Franco? I thought that he was like a no pay guy. (laughs) Okay, real quick, I'm gonna go on a tangent. I mean, go for it. We should have known that he was a bad guy. Oh yeah. He did that article with screenshots of him hitting on a student. Wow. So when I heard the deuce news, I was like, yeah. It tracks. It tracks. <laughs> Going off of um, what Gina said, I think another reason why this is essential viewing is because it does feel timeless. Like, um, they obviously live in a time where there are cell phones, like iPhones and Samsung phones, but I really appreciate that they're not featured as prominently as other shows and movies, it's very vital to their relationship because they text in high school and throughout college. But I don't know, it just, I feel like I could watch this 20 years from now and think this has aged very well. Whereas if I see a lot of iPhones and Macs and MacBooks in a movie, I'm just like, ugh, okay, we get it. You guys have Apple products. That's actually like an interesting way to look at it. I didn't even think about that when I was watching. Yeah, I am um, like whenever I write scripts, I tr- like I try not to put down the word phone or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like or iPhone, I don't specify what kind of phone. And then the soundtrack. A really 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 great soundtrack. Um I really liked the cut's take on the show's use of um, Imogen Heap's song. Oh my gosh, yes. Though I I still stand that the OC used it better. OC used it way better, always and forever. They did a good job. It really worked, but you can't beat what the OC did with that song. Have I gotten there yet? Or or is it later in the season? I think it's episode two. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, the montage of them having sex. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Then I just don't have an ear for sound cues that way. <laughs> As someone who follows lots of OC playlists on Spotify, I just know, or like One Tree Hill soundtracks, <laughs> ear for like 2000s music. Yeah, it was really good. Well placed. Um, another thing that, like, um, Ezra, your comment about, like, sort of the longevity that this series um, will have in the future, um, it reminds me, I was listening to Jam Session on the Ringer Podcast Network, where Amanda Dobbins and Juliet Littman were also talking about having just blitz through normal people over the weekend. And what they brought up was that they felt that normal people was very distinctly like an adult TV show versus like sort of like a more like youth oriented ish like TV show. And so like, I think like then the comparisons of sort of like the OC and normal people, I think is also really interesting in that, like the OC sort of also like started in the teenage years and then slowly-ish evolved into like young adulthood. And from from what I've gathered, like this goes very intensely into young young adulthood, um, but like beyond college. 
And so, but like the way that like they even approach like setting up high school, it's, it's not, um, like, like it's pointed in a lot of ways where it's, it's like immersively like, oh, like you're in high school, but it's not like, I think like exaggerated in the way that I think like a lot of young adult uh, TV programs portray high school to be. Yeah, because now when I watch the, like the OC or One Tree Hill, and I think this applies more to One Tree Hill, I realize that I loved it as like a 16, 17 year old. But now when I watch it, I'm just like, it's still good, but yeah. teenagers have way too many problems for teenagers. <laughs> like, but- what teenager deals with this stuff? And if they do, are they getting help? Are they talking <laughs> to someone? No. I'm not talking <laughs> to anyone in the show, but that's something that I really appreciate that this show explored in a later episode. Yes. And it just, I don't know, now as an adult, I'm like, I kind of want to watch slightly boring adult things with a little bit of drama. It's just very believable. Oh, it's 100% believable. This is the opposite of Riverdale. Yes. 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 (laughs) Like this show is definitely more realistic to me of the high school experience than even like Gossip Girl, which is like another one of those shows that I like watch now looking back, just being like, wow, this was not high school for me. I'm not having threesomes right now with my like best friend and my good. (laughs) Thank you, CW. W. W Network. And that was also like a, a Schwartz production, right? The guy who did the OC did Gossip. Yeah. 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 Josh Schwartz, that's his name. Love Gossip Girl. Oh, me too. They're rebooting it. I don't know how they're going to do that, but we'll see. Maybe we can talk about it on a future pod. Yeah. Going yeah. to HBO Max. <laughs> Um, to close out the this episode then and, and to sort of like put our final stamp on um our our judgment of normal people um you know so so we are concluding that this episode or this series is essential if you like realistic teen slash young adult dramas if you enjoy sad white people drama <laughs> if you like or are intrigued by Ireland yes. and other beautiful European destinations. Um, if you like good acting and a great score and great directing. Yes. And if you want a TV show that is of this moment, but will also last for a long, long time. Yeah. That sums it right up. Beautifully said. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, now that we've come to the end of the pod, I think I will continue to watch this show. And so maybe at the end of the season or something, uh, I can give you guys an update on my final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, even though there are more sad moments, (laughs) I I do think it gets better. Yeah, and it ends on a very hopeful note. And I also heard inklings that they're talking about a season two. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) fine. 
what is this? <laughs> okay, but then she better write a book first. 